uh, everybody who's a West Ham fan usually has some kind of good reason for supporting West Ham and I'm no different uh, it was passed down to me through my family and my uncle in particular Ray Skull who sadly passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago who's a proper hammer and he really loved this podcast and he really loved West Ham too with that in mind we'd like to dedicate this episode to my uncle Ray Skull <laughs> Gives them a chance. Butland spilled it. Hooked back in by Tompkins onto the line. Headed up by Jelovic. Kuyate punched away. So, so close. It's the last action of the game. Well, well, well. 90 minutes of blood, sweat and tears. Very nearly decided with the very last touch of the game. And even Slaven Bilic couldn't get the final touch. the knees on the brown west ham podcast our guest this week lbc presenter and chief blogger at west ham till i die welcome to the show ian dale hello good to have you here great to be here because i've become a real fan of your podcast i'm actually listening to all of them in sequential order (laughs) (laughs) sad get that i am (laughs) understand you at christmas last year Christmas last year, yes. Um, but we sorry. won't tell you what happens to the rest of the West Ham season. <laughs> that would have glory times, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, that would have been pre-Chelsea. Uh, it's yeah. going to be a real blow when I actually catch up, because I think I have listened to sort of some of the ones at the end of last season, so I'm going to think, what do I do with my commuter journeys when I finish <laughs> listening? You go back to listen to Kylie, I suppose. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Get the album out. Um, and, of course, we're joined here with James Longman. Hello. And let's begin... Where we left off last week, which was Marlon Harewood. Yes, Marlon Dean and Dean Ashton. Ashton. What men? What men? What men? And as uh, as Ian quite rightly pointed out just outside now, Marlon Harewood, very intelligent man. Yeah, he absolutely is. Do you know, I, I love it when you interview all these former players because they're sort of like mostly. I'm I'm a little bit older than YouTube. In fact, quite a lot older than you two. But I, it's kind of my era because I got a season ticket first in, I think, 1991. So all of the people that you're interviewing are sort of from my era. And those two, I mean, Dean Ashton. I mean, it's going to be one of the biggest losses that we've ever had yeah, through, really through injury. I mean, I thought he was going to... He and Craig Bellamy, if they had ever been able to play together for any length of time, I think they would have been absolutely dynamite. Marlon Harewood, who I quite liked as a player, but I hate to say it, but I, I thought he might be one of those sort of, shall we say, less intelligent footballers, but absolutely not. I mean, I thought that was one of the best interviews you've done. Yeah, yeah he was bright. Uh, loved talking about West Ham. Said we a lot, which I always like. Yeah, he's still a hammer, yeah. and also smelt lovely. <laughs> <laughs> James's notes afterwards were: Was it Capri Sun? Dean Ashton, Dean Dean Ashton drank a Capri Sun. Smash back a Capri Sun, <laughs> and Marlon smelt lovely. <laughs> Can I just say Aqua de Gio? <laughs> <laughs> you smell lovely too. Everyone at, and everyone at home, you he smell was. lovely too. My my dog, uh, Jack Russell, was. I wanted to call him Rio. Yeah. but my partner wouldn't let me so um, <laughs> he became Geo because I just looked at my aftershave Aqua de Geo Geo really that, that'll do so he's now known as, the aftershave is now known as Geo's piss <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my old boss called his goldfish Marlon oh really yeah and I forgot I said I'd mention it I didn't I'm sure Marlon would have been so happy 
would have made his. No, I mean it was. You won't tell us. He had a good time anyway, but it could have been better. Yes, but uh, uh, it was great. They were gentlemen. Dean came. Dino came all the way from Norwich for it. Uh, bless him and Marlon in fact I don't even know where Marlon lives <laughs> he lives up north somewhere doesn't he yeah, he's got he a car business hasn't he yes. sort of like sort of limousines and stuff yeah he provides them to fellow footballers yeah I think he's in Nuneaton I think he's still playing I think he's still there at Nuneaton but the feedback James you're about to reveal uh, so we had lo- actually we had lots of it mainly saying what nice blokes they were uh, Tony V said another cracking episode well done lads had me on YouTube watching some of the discussed moments again John Lyle Claren Blue Army magic tributes that was uh, a lot of people talk about that. The News Mother Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by 888sport.com forward slash West Ham, and they're doing an offer all season long whereby you get triple the odds on your first bet. And this week, Swansea away, and this is the bet West Ham to win, both teams to score. A £10 bet will win you £195. That's West Ham to win, both teams to score. Tenner, triple the odds on your first bet, £195. Pounds. That's where that's uh, aaxport.com forward slash West Ham. Uh, Tricks 88, first time I've listened in a while. Very good episode. It's hurtful. Why haven't you been listening? <laughs> Witters, an excellent cover podcast from two highly popular players. I really love the insight these podcasts give to the day to day life of a footballer and events I was lucky enough to witness. Much more so than you ever getting a five minute interview on Football Focus or Sky Sports. Rio, quite possibly the best yet. And that sounds something off the array of cracking efforts this year. <laughs> Cheers, Rio. <laughs> uh, and De Niro said, um, so there was quite a lot of people talking about whether Marlon's was the last hat-trick in a bowling. Uh, De Niro said, uh, it isn't Nolan scored one last season uh, of the season, 2012-2013. Vaste also scored one the season before. Did he? Yeah. I don't remember. So I, I spoke, Brighton, I spoke yeah. to my resident expert, Noam. And he said, yep, Nolan was the last one against Reading, final of that season. Uh, Harewoods was 0506. Vaste scored running in the championship. And Obina, is that you? I can't remember. Yeah, Victor Obina. He scored uh, versus Forrest in the Cup in, in the Grant era. So yeah. Harewood sadly wasn't. Well, no one tell him and let him. Well, I've texted him. <laughs> uh, Career Hammer said, uh, interesting how they rated Nigel Rio Coca and Pardew. Yeah. I was interested by that because I as we said at the time we thought from the outside that Nigel Riokoko wasn't a good captain yeah they sure to yeah, that was the only point I thought mm, I'm not sure you're telling the whole truth here but he did seem quite adamant they were, yeah, they were, they were actually genuinely, genuinely raving about Riokoko mm. and Pards as well and Pards and Pards see I liked him I like managers who are very animated on the touchline yeah. I just he just lived it with the crowd didn't he yeah mm. Unfortunately, lived it with a few other things as well. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. The thing is about Pardew, I think, is why... It seems like now people he's having a resurgence and people start to like him a bit more because he's kind of like a star, star striker. He's a bit like a Tevez, you know. He's animated in, a, in the way that West Ham players fans yeah. love in players. But isn't he all or nothing, though? And I think that at every club he's been to, he's either brilliant... Or he's shit. Yeah, he hasn't got yeah. any sort of like sort of average. Yeah. It's either brilliant or nothing. And I mean, at Crystal Palace, I mean, he's done a brilliant job there, yeah. hasn't he? And I reckon that if he hadn't gone there, they might have even taken him back here. Because didn't he say at some point he had unfinished business at West Ham? Yes, when he yeah. when he left. And there was some on one of your podcasts. Yeah, he we said about a conversation with David Gold. Yeah, he you? walked in and made the hammer sign. Didn't yeah, he? He said you know where I am. Yeah, <laughs> and he clear looking back now and what we know about his time at Newcastle, he wanted out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He wanted that. That was him saying to David Gold, take me back. Yeah, we would have had him, I think. I'd have loved So him. he, So I, te- I got his number from someone and texted him to ask if he would call in for the podcast. And he replied, not while I'm at Palace. And then he did an emoji 
Two uh, smiley faces. Two smiley faces. Did he? Not one. <laughs> was there, <laughs> was, was there a wink on one of them? There was a wink on one of them. <laughs> yeah. And he blew a kiss. Pards. <laughs> there you go, pards. And he, he didn't have to reply. He didn't even him. have to reply. He's a flirt, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. And then we slept together. <laughs> and now he's getting kicked out <laughs> no, of Palace. Yeah. You're, like, you're like a silver daddy, do you, James? <laughs> <laughs> you're like the one who punched the eagle, aren't you? Between him and Schofield. I'm torn. There you go. Another pards exclusive on this podcast. We should say... Before we get on to more serious stuff, congrats to Louisa who won the X Factor. Yeah, yeah. Hammer Louisa. But apparently, she uh, apparently her ambition is to sing in front of the crowd at Upton oh, really? Park. But now she's signed up with Simon Cowell. Apparently, she can't without his express permission. He's a massive hammer. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> well, that's like an achievable dream. Yeah. If you want, to, you isn't want to... she going out with Reese Oxford? Did I hear? I oh, really? Yeah. Somebody oh, said that. He's that moved quick. Showed him that last week. <laughs> that, that may have been a bit of unsubstantiated gossip. <laughs> really? but there we Allegedly. Go. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she did well. Um, they did. So, so she went. There, so I work in the same building as the X Factor people, and she went down to the training ground to meet them all, as, as was tweeted by lots of the players and her. Um, and then Extra Factor, which is a sister show, did a kind of a good luck message from Mark Noble, and she was so nonplus. So she didn't realise she had met all the squad the previous week. <laughs> it's a message from someone you've just yeah, met. You just met. Um, but yeah, well done. That's that actually makes you suddenly root for someone if you watch did it. You, did you know. vote? No, but I, I silently willed her to win. <laughs> I don't really watch it, so I only you know, only tune into a little I bit of the final. I did watch it, and I actually wanted Reggie and Bailey to win. Oh, really? But when when I heard about her um, support, yeah. I suppose I changed my mind. It's quite a funny clip that West Ham Facebook page put on of uh, Louisa singing for the team, and Slavon Milic is uncomfortably close to her as she's singing. <laughs> He really looks so unimpressed, and I took I took a few screenshots and sent him to James. He, if you go back and watch that video, he's so close and so nonplussed by the performance. But do you not think we need a new version of Bubbles? Or is that too much? We've got a new stadium, new crest. Do we it need a new version of Bubbles? Because she is going to do one. Apparently, she reckons. And we and we've got Vera Lynn. We've yeah. got the cup-winning team in 1975. Mm. What's that other one that they always play at? Oh, well, so that's, yeah. rejects, that's the one, Connie rejects. rejects, yeah. So, my, my my sister is a funeral celebrant, and the other the other week she did a funeral for a West Ham fan, and she said, "Can you get Karen Brady to give us a sort of message to read out?" And I think, oh, oh God! So I emailed Karen. To be fair to her, she it was do, actually doing the Manchester United game, and she replied during the game, which I oh, thought really? well credit to her for that. And apparently, at this funeral, the guy had a West Ham coloured coffin. Yes, I've seen him in Walthamstow. <laughs> I saw him in a morgue, a morgue and Undertaker's in uh, I, I, I thought she was having it on and they had a bubbles machine coming out of the church <laughs> lovely now, <laughs> yeah I thought it was a bit sick personally but <laughs> quite funny. even I wouldn't go that far <laughs> but yeah I've seen they, I remember, I've got a picture of it somewhere because I went past uh, an Undertaker's in Walthamstow and they have Claret and Blue West Ham coffins you can get this is the world in 2015 this is the world we live in <laughs> but a bubbles machine is a, is a wonderful touch yeah. <laughs> and, and with Vera Lynn playing in the background I mean that's yeah okay. Graham sent us a, a version an orchestra version of bubbles didn't they that was really good it's quite moving mm. but no I, no doubt there will be a new I, there must be a new version I'll tell you what the most frustrating thing about the bubbles they have at the minute is not a machine the actual song is that when you online to their ticket office they play that over <laughs> and over again. And for, I was on hold for at least thirty minutes. I was I on hold for them for about 
45 minutes early, earlier this season, I think it was, and it, I wanted to kill someone <laughs> and put them in a clan root coffin <laughs> and then with a bubbles machine. Yeah, on loop. Yeah, on yeah. loop. You're now number 43. Yeah, and it's a really, it's really tinny version. A lot yeah. of people have had problems with the ticket office over the Wolves match because they had the deadline at 9am this morning. Tuesday. And I've just realised I've forgotten. And there were so many people saying, well, I was, I was like second in the queue and then it just suddenly finished. Mm. Yeah. Good money making exercise. Yeah, I've had so, that. It really is. But well, why don't people do it online? I don't know. Because sometimes it's so difficult to do online as well. It's all so complicated. Sure, yeah. it's an easy process. The West I was on the phone to see tickets about something else the other week. It's the same, isn't it, see tickets? Uh, or ticket yeah. It's the same shambles. Because like, I was on the phone to them about something else that we booked for, and that was, you're on hold, and then, then you press numbers, you can't get through to anyone. Yeah. It's literally like a maze. <laughs> a shambles. A shambles. But that's that solved. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. Resolve that. Moving on. Uh, we've got an award winner in Ian Dale here in the studio, obviously won radio awards, and we were nominated for an award uh, for best podcast. I did vote for you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. We went to the Football Supporters Federation Award, yep. and it was a proper award ceremony. It was a proper award ceremony. Sadly, we lost. All the journos there. And having been up for a couple of awards in my time, I mean, do you sort of sit there and just smile sweetly, or do you think, you fuckers? <laughs> no, we because it was the latter. Because it was like. <laughs> We'd been nominated for, for three awards yeah. and lost them all. Yeah. By, by the last one, we were fuming. Yeah, but you know how awards things work. In the end, it's Buggins' turn. It's not got nothing to do with yeah. your ability. Yeah. It's, well, well, we'll give it to them this year. That's yeah. the only reason I ever got one. So it's it, it's the... And it, to be fair, it does... I've been in on uh, judging panels where you kind of pick TV shows that you yeah. like, and it is, there is an element of, oh, Channel 4 haven't won anything yet, yeah. so let's give it to them. But there was that real thing where... The, t- the podcast that won the Anfield rap about 10 of them got up on stage the guy who leads it was furious for some reason having won like he's ranting at James Richardson the host and he was ranting really? about things why would you do that I don't oh, know it's really odd and we were rude. just like oh, it was horrendous on. and then it was um, then you look into it and what what we should be flattered about is that uh, in this one and the other one we've lost to really professional outfits like we're up against the Guardian the Anfield rap they do 30 podcasts a month and his subscribers and there's a team of them the last one we lost to was the they've got no ball. jobs have they they just yeah. uh, no, I've already incurred the wrath of the people yeah. from Liverpool once I don't want to do it again well, I think I just yeah. did yeah. the offside rule have 35 people on it it's not just two people wow. mucking about yeah which is trying to, trying to, trying to get through yeah, to Crystal Daily on a daily basis music on the beginning and the end what more do you want I mean for goodness sake so it said in the we write- should be flattered what did it say in the write up like the off the wall charm of the Knees and Mother Brown podcast or something like that yeah. Hey, it was nice to be nice to be in there, and it was uh, good food. But and next year, we'll come back better. Um, lastly, last bit of news, obviously, uh, and this, this is going to be news to everyone. But James has uh, some shocking news, and that he will be leaving the podcast in the new year. No, to, I'm off. I've been transferred. He's been transferred. I'm going, to, I'm going to an award-winning one. We've sold him for one award for the guarantee of one award, <laughs> and James is going to work, which is actually amazing, on the Late Late Show with James Corden in Los Angeles, wow. California. I'm off to La La Land from January, which means the chair will be vacant. So well, is this an audition? <laughs> <laughs> You're in it. I'll be uh, replaced. But yeah, it's going to be replaced. With a new version. A new James. version. Robot James, just like the robot Glenn Roder of the West Ham Museum. So I'm off. I so he's when got they, one more episode next when, week. Yeah, when they offered me the job, my first thought was, oh, God, I love that podcast. Can, can, <laughs> I, can I tell you something? They do have radio studios in Los Angeles. Well, yeah. we well, have live in. This is, this is adios, not goodbye. We've got some ideas. It's farewell. <laughs>
we've got, we've got some, if the ideas we've got if one of the ideas we've got comes off it'll be worth it it will be the most this will become the most ridiculous sporting <laughs> podcast in the in the world but I'm going to have to charm we'll have I'm going to have to <laughs> charm my charm offensive well of course James Corden is a West Ham fan yeah, and that again ploy, plays into all the and the he's ideas doing really well isn't he because I mean that is not an easy show to do particularly as I mean, Piers Morgan I mean slightly came to grief didn't he yeah. and, but there have been there are other talk, late night talk show hosts from the, there were Craig Ferguson is he, yeah, he's he Craig Ferguson, Ferguson yeah, well, yeah. it used to be Craig Ferguson so you just sort of put on the put on the old British charm a little bit yeah. they love that don't they yeah so James will be out there and as I keep reminding him uh, working exclusively with Jason Derulo in carpool karaoke (laughs) and many other guests too but obviously you've got one more you've got one more week you've got one more week week. here uh, and I'm sure if any listeners want to uh, chime in with any tributes to James or troll me I'll be happy to read them out I'd like to be trolled (laughs) <laughs> well, welcome to my world <laughs> bloody hell you're talking Honestly. to the professional <laughs> I mean I was even trolled on this bloody podcast yeah. wasn't I <laughs> you know, when I did that poll with all the other websites and you had Neil Fairbrother Fairchild, Fairchild from um, some Collison lo- yeah. in love with Collison was yeah. that his yeah. book times of and I'm listening to this it was only last week I was listening to it and I think <laughs> did you ask him or something like, who would you least like to be a West Ham fan and he said, Ian Dale, and I thought, you've never met me. And then he goes, and I, I'd never listened to his radio show, but I reckon it's sort of one person up against the other. I mean, what's the point of that? And I'm thinking, if you've never listened to it, how do you actually know? I mean, it did make me laugh, but uh, anyway, I've, got, I've, I've had my say on that now. Yeah, we've all got a cross to bear. Yeah. Um, but if you want to send some tributes to James, maybe specifically referencing his laugh that's influenced so many of you, Buzz and understand. Brush laugh. Buzz and Brush <laughs> then feel free to get in contact <laughs> podcast.knb.com and we'll try to give him some sort of fitting send-off. Even DJ Leon uh, said I'd given my laugh to him this week. <laughs> yeah, given laughter. Given laughter. Well, right. if you want to get in touch with the show, here's how you can do so. Get in touch with the show. Email us at podcast.kumb.com Join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag KUMBpod or why not follow us? Chris is at CJ Skull with a C. James is at Longers One. And Graham, editor of KUMB, is at KUMB.com. If you're on Facebook, be sure to join the KUMB group for all the latest news and gossip. There's also the KUMB forum for all kinds of chatter. Simply go to KUMB.com and click forum. Finally, join the KUMB podcast mailing list. Click this podcast link on KUMB.com and sign up for exclusive content from the studio and be the first to know about upcoming live shows. Come on, you irons. Excellent. All right, Ian, um, we've got you in the studio here. Maybe at first we should talk about uh, your excellent blog, West Ham Till I Die, which is going from strength to strength. What? It's, I tried to make it a bit different from every other because there's no point in trying to compete with um, KUMB. I mean, why would you want to do that? And um, so I've tried to do it. So we're not a kind of news-breaking site at all. I mean, Sean Whetstone, who now works with Hugh Southern, he, he uh, or Southern, as I gather it, so I, I always say Southern. I have no idea. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, he used to do a lot on the site and he would do quite a lot of up-to-date things, but he's now sort of defected, which is fine. And we, we still have a good relationship. He still does stuff on the site. Um, but I've sort of recruited a little army of people who I think are really good writers generally and um, so we just do a couple of posts a day and they get massive numbers of comments I mean sort of more than most other sort of individual blogs 
And um, I mean, I only started it because I, I remember I was driving home from a home loss against Fulham. I think it was probably 2006. So I was just, I can remember driving home like a bat out of hell, actually hitting the steering wheel because I was just so angry at what had happened. And I thought, I want to have an outlet to express this anger. <laughs> so I went home and started this. And by, and I, I actually put, then posted on KUMB and said, right, I've started this blog. And like by midnight, I'd already got a 1,000 hits. I thought, wow, this is excellent. So And it all sort of really went on from there. And I think West Ham have probably got more blogs associated with them than any other club. And, the, and it's not, I've never viewed it as sort of a rival because all the different blogs do different things. Yeah. Um, and I've tried to keep it a place where people can actually have an intelligent conversation. I used to ban swearing. I don't do that anymore. But people generally respect it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been going what, seven years now. So uh, we don't quite have the traffic that you lot do. But uh, <laughs> but like you say, it's a very active forum. And whenever there's an article, yeah. there's a healthy debate that continues down the page. And I've never quite worked out. I mean, we do, I think, get more comments than anyone else. You look at Hugh's site. Well, I mean, his traffic is multiple times what ours is. But he doesn't actually get that many comments. And I, I don't really understand why, why that is. Um, and... I mean, sometimes you wish you didn't get many comments because all it needs is one person to just come in and ruin it for everybody. Yeah, throwing a grenade. And I now don't even bother about saying you're going to get banned. I just ban them. And, yeah. and generally, they sometimes come back under a new identity, but in the end, they get tired of it. So, And it's kind of self-policing because all the, uh, the main people who do post in the comments, they, they'll always tell me if something's going wrong. I mean, I'll try and read them as much as I can, but it's only so many hours in the day. And in terms of uh, fans who may not have read your site, where do you stand on the big issues of the day? So firstly, the Olympic Stadium move. How are you feeling about that? I, as a lot of people have said on your podcast it's sort of slightly heart versus head but I think if we're going to progress as a club it's something we have to do and anybody that's been there will immediately dispel all the myths that have grown up I mean the sight lines I mean I, I, I was there on the Saturday of the Olympics and I know it's changed a lot since then but I actually went to the top row of the top tier and I thought you know this is just as good as at the back of the upper Bobby Moore stand I, so I, I just don't I think the atmosphere will be different, but it's wrong to compare it to Upton Park. It'll never be the same as Upton Park. It'll be different, yeah. but it can be better. And I think the noise that 54, 60,000, 72,000, whatever it is, the noise that will be generated, as long as they've actually got people who are sitting together who can generate the noise, which I hope they have learned from what happened at the Emirates, yeah. um, I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I really do. And I'd be astonished if after... I mean, there'll always be a few people that say, oh, well, it's not, not the same. But I just think most people, the moment they walk up the stairs and see the pitch and everything, I think they're just going to think it's fantastic. And how do you feel about leaving the bowling ground? Uh, is it well, starting to be real to you yet? No. I mean, I was sort of on Saturday, I was sat there thinking, I've probably only got what... I mean, I try to go to every home game, but sort of I don't necessarily get to every single one. Probably got, what, seven, eight, nine games left. And it's sort of... The, the reality is dawning on us all now. And you think, well, what will it be like on that last day? And um, are they going to let us rip the seats out or what? Yeah. Was, it, was it with you? I heard that they're actually built in uh, five seats all in one bit. So you can't actually take your own seat, even if you try to. Uh, well, you've got to take like five yeah. seats with you. Somebody said that. I don't, where, <laughs> I don't know where I heard that, but anyway. We're taking it, so it'll be like, um, we're saying it's like Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> well, we'll start, we'll start unscrewing them now. <laughs> that was Just my drop. idea. Yeah. I, I mean, said they're going to ban screwdrivers in the last game. Well, they probably, well, they probably Previous will. game, loosen it all up. 
but they could make a fortune also if they sold like two inch square bits of the pitch I mean we'd all pay a fiver for that wouldn't we have it on our mantelpiece well yeah. self and James have a little story because after the game against Stoke we were we, we were lucky enough to be in a box for it we were sitting outside just admiring the ground after the game and then the chairman's son ran out we were like hey Jack Dave and I said come down onto the pitch <laughs> We looked at each other and was like, oh my God. And then we just ran onto the pitch and we had a kickabout. As 13-year-old boys, weren't <laughs> yeah. you? It's the, I've never been on the pitch before. And we had, a, we had a little kickabout in front of the really? Central Brookings stand. And I've got a little bit of grass at home now that I took with me. Because we're all 13, really. <laughs> I, know. I mean, it's... I mean, I think that's why this podcast works so well because everyone sort of buys into it. I don't think people from other clubs would actually get all of that at all, and I do. Th- I do think that's why we're different because we have a different attitude to these things. Yeah, yeah. Jay, it was Jay- amazing to be on the pitch actually, just because it's it's actually quite daunting when you're out there, and it's so. It looks when you're on a pitch, it's so it looks so big. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's brilliant. And I stacked it a couple of times in my boots, <laughs> in my a, uh, my JLS boots. <laughs> that's the thing you say about it being big. Like the thing that struck me is that when you're in a stand, you're looking across the other stand, and it seems small. But when you're out on the pitch, every stand is massive. Like as you're yep. running, like we had a little run around the pitch. It was there, there was a box heckling. There was still some people in the stadium heckling down, and um, that was quite intimidating. I think if that's three people shouting, imagine what it's like when it's thirty-two thousand people. Yeah. The other thing you notice, if I about three years ago, I interviewed Carlton Cole, and bizarrely did it in Sam Allardyce's seat, sort of in the dugout, and he was sort of sat beside me. And you look on the pitch from as well, it's not Allardyce's seat, now is it? But um, you actually don't have a very good view from there. So you understand mm. why in his previous clubs he always watched the first half yeah. from the director's box because you, you just can't see the whole pitch yeah. from where you are there. So it's all, I'm always surprised that more managers don't sort of move up yeah. for at least part of the game. Well, we had a brilliant view actually in, in where we were sat. And usually where we're sat in the chicken run, this kind of everything looks like a goal. <laughs> like every attack <laughs> looks like oh, it could be a goal. Oh, we're going to score a throw-in. Like, <laughs> so suddenly, I completely understand you because we were a bit higher up and you can see the whole pitch, yeah. you can see the movement, you can see the, you know everything that's working or not working. But it, it, it is so different depending on where you are. I had a couple of seasons where I was about five rows from the front in the West Stand and I didn't like that at all. And I'm now about 10 yards, 10 rows behind the dugout but off to one side a bit. And some, sometimes, sort of right before the end of the game, I'll move down to just behind the dugout so I can get away quickly. Completely different perspective from yeah. that. I mean, you mm. almost feel as if you're part of the game because I mean, you can hear every thud, everything that the players say. So it's totally different. Mm. Yeah, I thought he was going to say, move down close to the dugout so you can abuse the players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we're losing. Yeah. <laughs> get out, Anadise! Yeah. I, I don't know, I've, I've never really bought into that. I know you feel strongly about this, don't you? Yeah, so what is the point of booing players? Yeah. I, I, I'm sure Lost I have done, me. but I can't actually remember the last time I did. I try not, yeah. Like having, what we what we were talking about, having been on the pitch on Saturday and like, feel just those three people heckling, Jenkinson, that match against Bournemouth where he just oh, fell apart God. and got sent off, yeah. it must have, every time he gets a ball, everyone, like a collective, <gasps> it must drain your confidence. Like, it must, you must just want to get out of there and hide. But even, I also thought when you just give the ball away, everyone yeah. goes, oh, yeah. like, that is, man, that must be so, so crazy. So getting on your own players' backs, every fan should have that experience in right? because you know what yeah. it's like. They used to happen <laughs> a lot with Kevin Keane, didn't it? Do you remember? Yeah. Everyone used to get on his back and, yeah. it, and it, I think it really affected him towards the end. Mm. Um, and, I mean, it would do, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. We should say, though, before we move on, that uh, you actually, down the Trevor Brooking end, got down on all fours and rolled the ball over the line with your head. <laughs> 
like play playground style. Yeah. So that's that's now with you forever. Yeah, you'll look. Be well, it would be you if you're that. taking a picture. Of it. <laughs> no, I've, I've, no, got I've got a video. I've got a video. I want, <laughs> is, it, is it public? Because I once asked the referee uh, what happened if I went because I was always a defender. So this would never have happened anyway. If I'd beaten the defence and the keeper had gone yeah. round and just before the line got down my knees and headed over, he said it'd be a yellow card for unsportsmanlike Well, it happened last week. I saw it on. It happened last week in the French second division someone did it obviously more, they scored and more they're... lenient ref <laughs> not the same ref <laughs> not uh, Kalina well it counted in our little kickabout yeah. from the Trevor Booking stands yeah, so there we go um, let's begin with uh, injuries when we're talking about the current team so, and thank you to Chairman Sun for letting us do that oh, yeah. obviously Check it amazing out. so James you have a point about the injuries that we've sustained at the moment well there's been we've just moved this week training grounds haven't we so mm. I think we've gone to Forest Green which Rush is Green. Rush, Rush Green, Green. Sorry, Forest Green uh, Forest Rush Green, Green somewhere which is else new, isn't that Hampshire which, <laughs> we've gone to Hampshire <laughs> it's nicer there's more green <laughs> Rush Green's just near Get it's closer to Robert, around the M25 so yeah. this was meant to happen I don't know later in the season or in the next I think it was meant to happen and next season because um, there were plans that were submitted to the planning authorities for this a massive building sort of like kitchens dressing rooms and all the rest of it and I don't know whether those plans have actually gone through yet and been approved but I think they are starting some building work so I don't know what the, I've never been there I don't know what, yeah. what it's like but it, it must be an improvement on Chadwell Heath surely so there's always been as long as I can remember grumblings about a train yeah training ground at Chadwell Heath soft on top hard underneath I think yeah. Billich described it as so he's moved us uh, early into this new training facilities and whether it is just unlucky or every time this every time this year of each season we seem to have a list of injuries you know remember we talked about two seasons ago where uh, what's his name Matty Taylor left footed Matty Taylor was playing right back in our defence yeah. <laughs> do you remember so we always get to this stage of season seem to have injuries and it, I don't know what if it's just a lucky or if it's just wear and tear or whether it's a training ground but they seem to be trying to but do there is one it. difference this season in that when we've got all of these injuries we can still put out a really decent, yeah, a decent side, side. I mean, exactly. you look at the players that played on Saturday against Stoke and all of those players you'd be quite happy to have in the first team we didn't have Ian Pearce playing up front yeah. <laughs> uh, or Matty <laughs> Taylor right back or yeah. Matty Taylor right back Ian Pearce up front is the high watermark of uh, injury <laughs> crisis isn't yeah. it but playing without a striker was it remember the fourth yeah. night yeah, yeah. Well, but we won that game with yeah. that Spurs away <laughs> um, but yeah so yeah in fact Rio from a site actually says that a lot we don't panic because we've still got a decent side and yeah. it's nice looking at that side going at least we've got some depth and you know we're bringing in players that look decent Antonio who we'll talk about look decent well and also mm. I mean we, I don't know what the loan arrangements are but uh, Reese Burke is out there I mean I, I think mm. he would be an absolute first team player soon for yeah. West Ham you've got Diego Poyo who I thought had a fantastic pre-season I was gutted to see him go out yeah. on loan because I thought he could have played quite a few games this season um, but I mean we, it's especially in midfield we are really really strong now and I don't think we need to worry about midfield at all it's sort of still the strikers isn't it a striker and we need to show up the defence somehow because our oh. defence is shaky exactly every match is shaky I know we've had two nil nils, but they could have had yeah. a few on Saturday you know Every, every time a team attacks I but worry why, a little why bit why is it shaky though because you look at last season Jenkinson and Cresswell probably our two best players throughout the whole of last season uh, in central defence you think well we're actually okay there we've got yeah. I mean I think Reed and Tompkins well Tompkins of course now right back but yeah. um, Ogbonna looks okay I'm not wholly convinced by him yet 
Um, but you think, well, where's it going wrong compared to some of the games that we played last season? I, I don't know. No, I don't know. Julian well, Dix. We'll talk about <laughs> our, defen- <laughs> our defensive coach, Julian Dix. Yeah. His advice <laughs> goes through him. <laughs> Go through him. Don't any prisons. Um, uh, but Tompkins, I mean, he's he's still. What in fact, what we we talk about a little bit is we keep getting punished for individual mistakes. We've had that a lot yeah. this season. You know, if we slip up once. We pass them the ball, they seem to score from it. We didn't get punished on Saturday. We could have a few times. But Tompkins is doing a decent job right back. But he's, you know, going forward. When he, he yeah. ruled it up the pitch at one stage and he got near their corner flag and he's like, oh God, what'd I do? And yeah. you can't Just... really imagine him putting in brilliant crosses. <laughs> no, can you? No. I mean, Jenkins, Jenkinson, I think, is really good going forward. But both he and Cresswell seem to leave massive gaps at yeah. the back, don't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. And what I mean, was interesting, sorry, Chris, uh, was that. Cres- Zavata had to drop a bit deeper on Saturday because Cresswell kept getting yeah. uh, kept getting caught out. But you so then Zavata had did Carroll work. playing deep as well. I yeah. couldn't there understand was a lot that. Of, yeah, I mean, Carroll in particular was playing so yeah. deep in that first half. He wasn't getting into attacking positions at all. So, I mean, what do you think that game plan was there, was it? Well, I don't know because it wasn't as if we lacked shots. I mean, mm. it was... I mean, for a nil-nil draw, I thought that was one of the best nil-nil draws I've ever seen. Yeah. But you kind of almost thought, yeah, this is going to end nil-nil somehow, even though there were clear-cut chances on both both sides but I mean Carroll I I mean I'm a big fan of Andy Carroll I think he can be immense but I wonder I mean given the choice of him and Sacco to start I wouldn't be picking Andy Carroll because I really? think he plays a completely different game yep. I think you've said in the past he's a, he's a great impact sub but is he really going to be content to be long-term impact yep. sub I'm, I'm not sure he is so I think there's a big decision to make about Andy Carroll very soon yeah and I think against Stoke as well playing Andy Carroll but we weren't really getting balls into the box at all it was all on the floor and all through the middle and that's been a criticism levelled at Carroll in the past is that when he plays we lump the ball up to him but really it was a reverse of that because he can play on the floor yeah Yeah, he is good because he's got some touches on the floor he can Mm. control it he can turn he did a few little layoffs I think he's really good on the floor but a classic uh, they always revert to long balls to him Usually, when he's on the pitch, and I think we tried to play a bit more football this time, but he was marauding back and forth, and which you know, in a way t- is good. Yeah. You wanted the player to do that, and yep. I think it's fantastic. Lanzini is fan- brilliant at doing that, yep. isn't he? Which for a little player like him, you don't imagine is going to do a lot of defensive yep. work, but that is part of his brilliance. I think the fact that he can actually defend and can tackle. We should talk about Zarate. I thought he, he kind of had a mixed game for me against Stoke. You know, he showed flashes of brilliance, but at the same time, he's so greedy on the ball. But how unlucky with that shot that hit the post. I thought yeah. that was the moment. And I love the way that he's quite happy to sort of take the ball right across the penalty area. And yeah. he, he has actually scored a couple of goals doing that, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. So, But you're right, he can be a greedy player. But on the other hand, is that necessarily always a bad thing? I mean, don't sort of good strikers, aren't they a bit greedy? Yeah. Mm. He's, a, he's a frustrating player. Yeah. It's like, he's a 50-50 man. It'll either be moments of brilliance or moments that proper dreadful (laughs) and he he hasn't had a bad game this season has he whenever he's played he's put in a real performance and and bearing in mind what happened with him last season where Allardyce clearly didn't fancy him at all and he went on loan to QPR and don't know what happened there but he came back with his toe between his legs you you just thought he's one of those signings typical West Ham signing that is just going to go bad but I mean be be fair to him he's he's had a cracking season so far flashes of brilliance yeah it's just just frustrating isn't it because you do see those moments of brilliance you think oh wow and in other moments where you think Mm. Just that one touch too many. Just yeah, just pass the ball off. But one man who came on and showed a flash of brilliance, and Valencia back from injury, that free kick in particular, he, he can do that, can't he? He can do it, but have we really ever seen the best of Ana Valencia? I mean, for somebody who cost twelve million pounds or whatever it was, 
he's not I mean okay he's been injured quite a lot so we have to sort of put that into the equation but I've never actually seen a match where you would say Valencia was gave a 9 out of 10 performance. Mm. He's never been a man of the match. And I think with someone with his pedigree, he clearly is a brilliant player, but he's never shown it at West Ham. And I mean, I hope he does. Um, otherwise, Chelsea can pay £21 million for him. <laughs> James, do you seriously believe that Enne Valencia is wanted by Chelsea for that kind of money? <laughs> At a minute, probably. <laughs> I've to any of our players. I just want bodies. One point above relegation zone. Um, when, when him and Sacco were playing together at the start of last season, which hasn't really happened since, you know, I think a couple of matches here, and they were, they, I thought they were brilliant together because they attacked with pace. But he's lacked... They haven't gelled because they haven't been together, yeah. really. So... I'd like to see more of him. But he was playing in a weird position when he came on. He was kind of out of Yeah, the... but isn't he always going to? Because you're never going to play him as a central striker. Yeah. Um, is he really going to displace Pai or Lanzini? Answer, probably not. So where where do you play him? Mm. Yeah. And that's the problem that Bilic has got when they're all fit. And now he knows what they can all do. Because Lanzini, I think he probably thought at the beginning of the season, was only ever going to be a sub. Well, no one's going to leave him out of the starting eleven at the moment. Um, Antonio, who I thought had a brilliant game on Saturday yeah. for someone making his debut, um, I mean, he's going to want a bit, a few games. I mean, after that performance, he does not deserve to lose his place on Sunday. But I mean, if, Lanz- if Lanzini is fit, what, what's he going to do? Yeah. yeah, quick word on Antonio. Good debut, James. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Well, everyone's been calling for him to play, and I thought he played really well. He looks strong. He attacks players. You know, he gets past them. I thought he played really well. But he looked exciting. completely knackered. He was completely yeah. knackered. <laughs> he's quite chunky, isn't he? For yeah, he's big. He really is yeah. big. But he's he's, pa- he's pacey with it. When you yeah. watched some clips of him on YouTube, he is he's quick. For you, a big lad. Do you remember that moment when he was on the right-hand touchline and he just skinned a play? They mm. were sort of trying to get the ball off each other. He got it, put the ball past him, and he was off. And I thought, I like that. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's not often we get players who are really... Because um, Jarvis and Downing were not exactly the, the quickest. Quick, yeah. Jarvis could beat people, but there's never kind of any end product to it. Whereas, yeah. whereas with Antonio, you kind of think there might be. And he might score a few goals, which Jarvis never did. Yeah. Uh, I think Moses as well, you know, provides that. And it's quite exciting to see our team attack players yeah. go past them. It's just I, my frustration, uh, two frustrations actually. One is our final ball. You know, we seem to Moses does it a lot, and Antonio did it a bit. But we get past the players, the left back or the right back, and then it doesn't seem to ever be anyone in the right spot. So the classic move is the, the pull back to a guy running in the front post. Mm. But we always seem to get there and then pass it to their defence. I don't understand because it's all the hard work is done, and our final ball just isn't quite good enough. Mm. It's cost us the second right corners. Yeah. Our corners are so bad. Why are our corners so bad? Well, because Mark Noble's taking them again. <laughs> Simple as that. I mean, have we ever scored? From, I mean, we must have scored from a Mark Noble corner. But, I mean, I'm a huge fan of his, so I don't like criticising him. But his corners have never been brilliant. Zarate's corners can work. Um, Pyatt's corners are brilliant, aren't yeah. they? I yeah. mean, you always think something's going to happen yeah. here, and often it does. Mm. It's we- like we don't train with them we don't do those corners in training because we've got big players in there we've got Andy Carroll who's, who every defender will you know be scared of and yet we don't beat the first man we actually I wonder if those corners at the weekend we must have hit the first yeah. man about five times but, we had 11 corners but not only that the keeper caught every other one yeah. like, that's like golden thing rule about penalties is that you don't put it straight in the hands of the goalkeeper every time Frustrating. He had a good game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he a really did. Good game. And uh, Adrian had a good game as well. Yeah, you know, and a couple of good saves. Jack Butland tweeted after the game that uh, it was an honour to play his one and only time at Upton Park. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that's nice. Engl- England's number one, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
also we should just talk about Stoke are a good team yeah they destroyed Man City last week uh, and it was they're a tough team now they're not the team they used to be they closed us down really quickly they pressed higher Um, I was impressed with them actually I don't like to say and they were entertaining I've seen some absolute dross as Stoke yeah. really is. Well, it's, what, it's what you always imagine from Stoke. Even with a Mark Hughes team, you imagine that they're going to be a bit boring. But they weren't boring. They were very attacking. And th- but they've got the players to be attacking now, which they never had before. Yeah. I mean, Nortovich, I think it's a fantastic player. Bojan and, and one or two others as well. And a properly exciting last couple of minutes as well, wasn't it? We were so, yeah, it was close. so close. Yelovich. Yeah. It was frustrating. But it was, as Ian says, it was really exciting nil-nil. Yeah. yeah. And I was infused by it, actually, because I felt there's lots of positives to take out of it. Yeah. And we haven't mentioned the debut of um, the Monopoly Man. Well, on more surreal note, <laughs> yeah, those who were there before the game, about? they just brought the Monopoly Man out and walked him around. Yeah, And he, he had to be guided because he obviously <laughs> couldn't see out of his no, eyes. Yeah, I thought it was his bodyguard. <laughs> we suspected it might be like in case any Monopoly super fans try and get too close. It was like death. He had the eyes <laughs> of death and he just bizarre. walked around like an undertaker, didn't he? Like really slowly and deliberately. Yeah. Buy this Monopoly or you will die. It harked me back to the days of the surreal dog that used to walk around. <laughs> for a game the new recorders mascot but um, so Jack Sullivan's been tweeting today uh, and he suggested that because people asked him about sign-ins in January uh, he suggested that uh, there isn't any quality available in January and you pay over the odds which we always said he said that Lanzini back soon Payette end of January end of January oh, I, was, uh, I thought they'd led us to believe it's going to be earlier than that now right. so yeah, the trouble is if they bring them back too early we've been here before haven't we yep. where players have come back too early and I mean Andy Carroll being the obvious example yep. and we've lived to regret it but I suppose that's a bit earlier than they were saying before mm. what's on your shopping list Ian for, for January for Christmas <laughs> <laughs> I was about... <laughs> <laughs> just, just... oh you mean the players I thought you meant for Christmas <laughs> yeah. I was going to say I quite like that Diafra Saka <laughs> onesie that they keep advertising um, I think Razvan Rat <laughs> No. Um, I actually don't think we need to go mad in Ch- I, I'm pretty sure we will buy somebody I mean it would be very odd not to but I think Bilic is absolutely on the money by one quality player I mean if you've got money to spend just spend it on one we yeah. don't need um, many and we certainly don't need any midfielders um, if there's a striker I mean do we need I mean a, a sort of slightly smaller striker maybe you could play alongside Carroll or Sacco possibly Sam Sample dot, yeah. Well, he never not. got a chance, did he? <laughs> I mean, Def- there's talk about Defoe, but would we really sort of... I mean, he's, what, 33 now? He scores goals, I suppose. Well, he does. Six months. But I kind of think if he was going to come back, it should have happened before now. Yeah. Um, and do we want sort of Allardyce's rejects? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so I would have thought if you can get a good striker who you're, you're sure is actually going to be able to score goals fine possibly I mean I, I don't like this talk of James Collins going because I still think he's no, a brilliant player um, but is he satisfied to play sort of second rank and only yeah. play a few games I don't know um, but we've got Reese Burke to come back so if he did go that wouldn't be an absolute disaster yeah um, so another goal well do we need another goalkeeper no we don't really do we I mean I was always sceptical about Adrian but he's proved me wrong I kind of want a player that can just beat players like the way that Payet can and Antonio to some extent but I feel at the moment with Sacco Moses Carroll, can as well Moses can you and Lanzini right, can Lanzini so what, can. what do you yeah. want you got four this is exactly this is my <laughs> prediction what we'll get we'll get we'll get two loan signings for six months that no one's ever heard of they'll play maybe no, half a game that, we that do that was, every that's year so 2011 we do that every no, year no not anymore we 
don't. We don't need to anymore. <laughs> no. I'm thinking of a Mido, an Ilan. Well, no, we've got that because Lanzini was a gamble. Sullivan said yeah. to us himself, didn't he, on the podcast, he said, yeah. I've no idea what he's going to be like. I mean, where did he, he come from? Great. Was he, because he was talked to well before Bilic came, and yet Bilic would sort of say, oh, yeah, I wanted him in Russia or wherever where he was. Where did he come from? Is that, what, no, Lanzini? Was he, was he a guitar? Said, no, said, yeah, like but I mean, whose Saudi idea Iran. was it? He was helping he build came. the stadiums. They bust him in. and Lucky not to be dead. <laughs> yeah. So uh, these are some stats that Graham, uh, who runs KMB, um, negatively puts every after every match. Uh, like the Grinch, uh, haven't won in six. Two Premier League wins in eight. Three goals in six games. Are we worried? Two clean sheets. Two clean sheets. I'm pretty some positive. quite good performances. Yeah, actually. Man, you haven't even touched upon. We should have yeah. won that. Although the Did papers, you go? no. No, but I was watching it uh, on Twitter, and um, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, we should have won, and they should be down to nine men. Yeah. <laughs> I've only ever been to Old Trafford once, and that I think was 2001 when we won. I think De- Defoe scored the winning goal, and it was just such a brilliant day. I went up with some mates, and after we won, I said, you know, I'm never coming back here, because it can never yeah. be this mm. good again, and I've never been back. I've never intend to go back. Nil, I, think. I went to the 6-1 with Gary Breen, spontaneously oh, oh combusted. God. I watched that with a Man U fan, almost <laughs> combusted his face. <laughs> good times. Good times. Eh? Uh, but I'm not worried. I feel like we're, pl- you know, with uh, with some key players out, you know, we sh- probably should have got three points against Man U. You know, and Stoke was all in all a fair result. We could have won it. No, I think we should have mm. won Stoke. The performances really are there, isn't it? That's the thing you yeah. want to see. There was times last season where we were winning the performances were terrible. Yeah. yeah. The performances are there now. But the Christmas period, Ian, as we all know, tricky time of year to be a West Ham Down fan. with the decorations. That's what they all tell me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my say. producer at LBC is... Uh, in fact, they're all Arsenal fans at LBC. <laughs> I have a terrible time there. And if I ever mention West Ham on air, you should see the looks I get through the glass. And um, they just that's this sort of myth. Well, is it a myth that we come down with the decorations? I'm not sure. Last season, no. Last spot on. So... Um, but I mean, even like the West Brom game, where I thought we were brilliant in the first half, and then it all went to pieces in the yeah. second half. But I mean, there were lots of positives to take yeah. out of that game. And let's remember, this team have only been playing together for three or four months. And okay, we did have that pre-season where they got to know each other. But there, how many players are there there from last season that are regulars, first teamers? Four, five? Yeah, mm. not many. So not many I mean, from bearing in that in mind, I think we've had the most brilliant start we could imagine. And of course, so Valadice say, yeah, they haven't got as many points as they did when I was manager. Yeah, well, well let's see if we have that in at the beginning of May, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. And before we talk about Swansea, a quick word on Valadice. Do you want him to go down with Sunderland? If I'm honest, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like I mean, that. Look, I, I got a lot of sort of criticism for that poll, and I mean, I've got broad shoulders. I'll happily take it. But and in the in the first half of last season, I had to eat my words because we did do really well. Yeah. But by the end of the season, I was thinking, no, I was right. And the only reason I was against him was because for the first time in supporting West Ham, I was bored. I would go to matches and I would be actually be bored thinking I'd rather be doing something else and that's not a good place to be and you yeah. want to, you, even if you're not doing well you can still entertain and th- at that point of the end of that season we weren't doing that and I didn't want to see that anymore and I sort of thought I mean I'd read Neil's thing about giving up his season ticket and I thought well would I do that and I thought no of course I won't in the end I will re- I will renew it but um that's the only time in 20 years that I've ever thought of even thinking about it. 
The Knees Up on the Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by 888sport.com forward slash West Ham and it's tripled the odds on your first bet as it is all season. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I want you to think about this. Uh, a £10 bet will win you £195 if West Ham win and both teams score. To do that, all you need to do is join up at 888sport.com forward slash West Ham and place your first bet. So onwards to Swansea away to Swansea. in Wales. Who've just sat Gary Monk, and there's talk of um, Bielsa. Is it yeah, Mario Bielsa? He was going to come here, wasn't he? Nearly yeah. came here, but, but he doesn't fact, speak talks. a word of English, or indeed Welsh. Well, he said he reckons he can learn it. That was. Well, I think that's a really weird thing to sign a manager who can't speak English. I mean, Southampton did it with Pochettino, I mm. suppose, but I, I would not have wanted us to have a manager that couldn't communicate with yeah. anyone. I just think that's weird. Well, Evan Grant, apparently as well. Don't, <laughs> don't even go there. When Bielsa interviewed for the job, he said, "Don't hire me. I'm mad." Yeah, that was his pitch. <laughs> yeah, so he still so, wanted it. He still wanted it. So yeah, Swansea away. Ian, how do you feel about that? It's not. We've been a happy hunting ground, relatively, isn't it, in terms of away games last year? I, mean, I, I just don't understand getting rid of Gary Monk. I thought he was a fantastic mm. manager. Yeah. Yes, okay. They've had. They're not First even. In, they're not even in, in the relegation zone, are mm. they? So you'd have thought that. Um, I wonder if there's something else going on there. Um, I'm actually quite optimistic about it because even that they have got some really good individual players, but you look at some of their performances and they don't seem to play sort of with each other too much. They rely on sort of moments of brilliance and um, trusting our luck. They'll probably have a lot of them on <laughs> Sunday. But, I mean, we've got to get points over Christmas because we have slipped back a bit in the last few games. And, um, I mean, is it Aston Villa away on Boxing Day? Yes. And then, and then Southampton. Southampton. So there are three teams, none of which are doing well. I mean, we need six points out of that, don't we, really? Yeah. So we'll get none. <laughs> be nice to get six points when they keep the wolf from the door a bit. Yeah. The relegation wolf. Who would we lose? To, who would you want to lose to out those? Not Villa, because it'd be Not nice Villa, to have one team gone. Or Southampton. Mm. No. How do you, Let's have nine points. How do you? <laughs> That's how do you, all I accept. <laughs> how do you feel about Swansea away? Uh, I'm weirdly confident. I feel like them getting that last-minute loss against Man City is going to knock them even more. So even with a new manager, he's got a lot to do in a short space of time. But they're not a dreadful team by any means, and it's a shame about Gary Monk because I liked he seemed like a good manager, mm. and I liked him. It's the first yeah. blip that oh, they've, they've panicked. Um, but I like to think we'll get you know we'll get we'll definitely get a point. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm going to take three. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I think I'm going to predict a 2-1 win and Andy Cowles get to net the winner. I hope so. That would be brilliant because he does need a goal, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does need a goal. And I feel like he's due one. He's one of these confidence players. I think that once he gets a couple, they will then come. Um, yeah. But he's only scored one this season so far, hasn't he? Wasn't that goal against... Didn't he, he score a winner. cracker against Swansea? Oh, oh yeah, last season. Yeah, la- yeah, yeah. He scored that... Was it last season, the season before? They all blow into There's one. You don't even get to see Chico Flores. I know he's your no. hero. Chico Flores. Uh, I kind of miss him in a way. I kind of miss him. Because <laughs> that banter is quite funny, isn't he? He's such a scumbag. He was a terrible man. I know. <laughs> we never really had that revenge. He never came back, did he? Where no. is he now? He's in it, Qatar or something. I thought we were, I, th- uh, I can't remember where he went. Some was, Middle East. Somewhere. Every now and again, I check in to his uh, <laughs> Twitter. Because he posts like, selfies with his top off. <laughs> He's a strange man. Do that, Chico. It'd be no quite nice actually if everyone who listened to the podcast just gave him a bit of abuse. Yeah, for old time's sake. Old time's sake. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Chico. Do you remember that Swansea guy uh, gave me abuse? Called me a lizard. Yeah, and then deleted his account. (laughs) Where is he now? (laughs) Where is he now? You should do what Chris Moyles does on because Radio X are in our building as well, and sort of he does a weekly podcast. 
and it's like the number one iTunes podcast every single week. And Other he, than us. he just gets pe- gets all of his listeners to tweet a random word to his producer, so it really mucks up the whole Twitter feed for the rest of the week. <laughs> very childish, but yeah. hey, it's radio. Really there you go. Everyone if you're tweet on Twitter, Chico Flores, tweet Chico the word dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Should we think of, can we think of something more clever than that? No. Tweet dickhead to Chico Flores. <laughs> That'll be a nice grassroots campaign to round off the year. <laughs> uh, and before we go in, uh, predictions for the rest of the season. How you feel? How do you feel? We've got a cup run that's about to begin with Wolves Hopefully. or end. Yeah, I've just booked my tickets for that. Yeah. Wondering whether I was going to, but I did. Um, uh, I, I'd love to see us on a cup run. I mean, going going back to 2006, I mean, I, I went to Cardiff. It's one of the best days of my life. I mean, even though we lost, I didn't feel that we had. I remember walking out that stadium, talking to Liverpool fans, and I just didn't have that feeling that we'd lost because sort of psychologically, I think we, we won. Mm. Um, so I'd love to have that experience again. Um, in the league... It's got to be top half. I mean, after this start, I know if I'd been here this time last season, I'd have probably said the same thing. And of course, look what happened after Christmas. But I just can't see these players allowing that to happen again. I don't think Bilic will let them do that. I mean, he's, I think he's just awesome as a manager. He commands instant respect, whether you're a player or whether you're a fan. And yeah, he'll make his mistakes. But I think he's had a blinding start to his uh, time at West Ham. Fingers crossed. Oh, interestingly, uh, very quickly, because so, after we went on the pitch, we went down the tunnel and through uh, the doors that go back into reception, and they've now got a picture of him in his West Ham playing days. Yeah. Like the first, the last thing you see as you enter that, as you exit, yeah. which I quite like. It's Billich and West Ham. Billich and Bonds next to the other Billy side. Bonds. There you go. Another exclusive. So you're not going to have a season ticket at the Olympic Stadium, are you? No, I've I've got ones, but I'm I'm so I've put my so I've only got two matches left. So I was got a bit emotional on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and good walking down Green Street and lots of very good memories um, and I've got Southampton and then I've booked my ticket <laughs> there's lots of weddings next year and my missus is like so you're coming back in April for the wedding I was like well look I've booked one date <laughs> <laughs> wow so <laughs> So May the 4th is booked, so I'm going back, so I'm not jet-lagged, so I've got two days to come, so I'm not jet-lagged for the final match. That's all I've thought about. Oh, so I won't miss, I need to work it all out. Well, yeah. I could be fired after a few weeks, so I'll be back. I hope they don't move it to the Sunday. They're not going to move it to the Sunday, are they? It has oh, to be Saturday. I'd be so weekend. disappointed if it's not Saturday. Why, why didn't they flip the last two matches? I mean, would yeah. that have been so difficult to do? Yeah. All kinds of conspiracy theories, who knows? Anyway, excellent. Well, Ian, Stoke, isn't it? It's Stoke the final match. Stoke away. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah. Stoke yeah. at home. No, no Stoke Swan- away. Swansea at home. Yeah, but the yes, last but, match. Sorry, the last match. Yeah, yeah, sorry. That's what I'm going back for, right? <laughs> Stoke away. I've booked my flights for come back for Stoke away. <laughs> <laughs> what a fitting way <laughs> to say I've got the last one in a bowl in. I <laughs> <laughs> just want to see Stoke again. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Ian, thank you very much. Of course, you've enjoyed the blog. West Ham Till I Die. And Twitter. And Twitter. At Ian Dale. And I've got a West Ham one, at Ian Dale West Ham. I-A-I-N. So one just talks about West Ham, one talks about the troubles of the world. I do talk about West Ham on the other one. (laughs) Just to annoy people. (laughs) uh, Because I have a lot of West Ham followers on that one, so you kind of feel you've got to give them something as well. So I don't just tweet about politics. Excellent. Keeping it balanced. James, thank you very much. Pleasure. Tune in next week as James Longman makes his last appearance, possibly... Possibly. ...ever, when I kill him. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be interesting. Uh, in the meantime, come on, you Swansea, come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.